0: What would you take with you into a bar fight if you knew it was just going to be what you needed to survive to get in and out right right that's the attitude of a startup right because there's essentially there's a shot clock running you know runway money maybe disappearing or maybe there just is no money you know maybe yeah. it's not a vc model it's just a self funded bootstrap thing and like if what you make today is determines of whether or not you live tomorrow that is the closest like that's the real sense of urgency right that's i think where um why you know, does that small ever go away ex- though ex- ex- I, I
1: i i agree with you but so you you go into a situation like like this this recent um engagement that i had and you know who are you? Who is anyone? How arrogant do you have to be as anyone to think that you have the luxury to write a 15-page document and shove it down people's throats, Right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's that narcissism that, that comes around it. Like, that is not fundamentally to me.
0: That it, Sorry, I'm going to have a really strong opinion about this. That is not collaboration.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, and I agree uh, from that perspective. I also think that if you go to any consulting of the big four, right? it's done that way. It benefits these organizations that are parasitical to the largest organizations. And some of them, are oh, for than, sure. you know, like yeah. cognizance bigger than, you know right. uh, they're bigger than some of their customers by a factor of 10 or 100 right Right, but right. they it benefits them to have a very murky dense uh, you're so right le- layer so persistent right. problems that they never actually get to even looking at That's- and then they wrap a bunch of language around it and that becomes the ontology that the C-suite uses and they use in terms of standing up SOW after SOW of yep. promissory notes to fix the things because first thing you need to do is assess everything which is true but then you take that assessment and you break it into like well let's do safe right yeah like a you know the the safe framework which takes like 36 months to implement in a large organization if you're killing it right right so for an organization like you know when people come from those organizations they find it hard to break those patterns because those patterns are largely successful for creating air cover and get letting you right, get things done because you're not, you are
1: not. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 The 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 contract that I have with the large government organization is that way. You are listening to the Proof Partners podcast. For more information, check out proofpartners. Everything everything gets put either in ServiceNow or um, you know some sort of Microsoft document on OneDrive, and you know that that's it. And so and it's all CYA, right? Like you are. You're not really collaborating with any of that stuff. Um, the the transport to smaller organizations and Google Drive and Google Docs is that I think that's maybe why I had such a visceral reaction to it. Is exactly mm-hmm. that. I think I think we've kind of identified it, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Is because yeah. I, I have I have these experiences with startups. I have these experiences with really large kind of government organizations, which are the worst, right, in terms of getting stuff done. Yeah. And if you want to point to a, a, one single characteristic that's different is that
0: startups don't use documents or weaponize them to get zero things done right and if you look at the the, the sass bloat that's occurred over the last 10 years with these organizations right 10 years ago you know what we collaborated hip chat and github mm-hmm. period yep. yeah we were like we were just writing issue blogs and communicating over over slack or some messaging protocol period didn't have a document that I could see somebody where they are in the document and highlight all that stuff is theater for the managers. It's not actually collaborative because like I said earlier, if the, if you don't want the baby to get murdered in the square in front of your family, then you have to protect it and cultivate and, build the idea internally first in the safety of that privacy. Share it to people who maybe love you more than they love your ideas, you know, Um, and get it to the point where it actually can stand on its own a little bit, and then put it out there. At some point, it has to go out there. You have to get the market feedback, and there's, you know, people who argue about the timing on that, but I think that Just to take an idea and just shit it out into the public square is also a selfish, shitty thing to do. Also, you know, like, well, let me take up your time to read about this idea that I actually haven't thought about. I want you to actually fill in the blanks and and create the idea, and that's a crappy way to treat people. Well, wait, you're you're forced. You're
1: forced either to do all the prep, right, to protect your fragile idea before you put it in the marketplace, and and so that's a long document, and then present it to folks as a solid argument without collaborating with them because it's too fragile to collaborate. Mm. In which case, if you're at odds with management or the roadmap that's been established in some meeting that you weren't part of, your document's going nowhere anyway and you've just wasted a ton of time.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or
1: you're forced to present your idea as an early thought where it's super fragile, in which case you're yeah. going to look like you are unprepared yeah mm-hmm. and so in this particular example uh, everything had to be in documents and then those documents had you know hundreds of comments sometimes and more more often than not there was two things that I noticed that that because of the culture were it was never appropriate to bring up and the two things that I noticed were one that most of the decisions were being made outside of the document anyway And two, the people who really needed to understand those decisions and what was going on didn't use the document. They never actually read the document in the sense that that it could be um, useful to them. And so the last piece of this, and then I'll stop talking, the last piece of it was that to be completely thorough in a document is very, very difficult. So if you want to... And this goes all the way. This isn't even this re- most recent engagement. This is this was a long time ago. If you want to write a document about how to do something, the instant you share it, it's stale. And so, if you if you want to codify something, your and you want it to last more than a minute, you have to have that document be essentially a set of principles or ideas, and really not very tactical. In most mm-hmm. cases. And so when you do that, now you have this layer of translation that has to happen for the folks who are going to be required to actually take action on it. So if mm-hmm. your idea is, I mm-hmm. want the UX to be, you know, a guiding principle, the, u- the user experience for our SaaS application needs to be easy to use, right? Like, we care about that. Uh, that doesn't mean anything to most people, right? Or it means something different to everyone. But anyway, it's not actionable and so then you have to go down to the very practical level and that document is going to get stale so you've got you've got all of these these different things that are going on inside an organization and the idea that you can corral them with ink and paper is a bit absurd
0: but amazon does it right so amazon has the six pager and they seem to have a lot of success in that they don't, I don't know if the six pager is a success or the fact that they don't use PowerPoint is the success because it seems as though maybe what they're trying to do is get everyone's attention to focus on one thing for a small period of time and get their feedback. To me, it doesn't seem like when you would read that, spend the first 30 minutes in silence in a meeting, which you know seems to be like, you know, they, 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 I see a lot of videos of Jeff Bezos talking about it and others. Like, what is the value there? The, the, like, it, is the goal to just have everyone sit in silence and and be unobstructed from emails, messaging, whatever our discursive day looks like, to get 30 minutes of uh, isolated focus from an executive team? And then does that six-pager – this is what I don't know because I never worked at Amazon – but does that six-pager actually get – converted to some other document or does it get downstream shared so that the others who are responsible to deliver on the promises made or the ideas and implementations in the document, do they get some copy of that? And like, you know, so there's a lot of questions here. but, but mostly like Amazon does it. Why don't you see that working for smaller companies? And, and is there a philosophical difference between, what they do at Amazon with a six pager and what, you know, you've seen in other experiences. So my, my experience with the the six pager is that,
1: uh, you know, everybody's going to have a different, but this is just mine. Okay. So my, mine is that it forces the person who's, who's going to have a position in a particular meeting to be thoughtful. That's the first part. Because you're not allowed you're not really allowed to use hypotheticals. You you're not really allowed to use made up numbers, right? So no hypotheticals, made up numbers, no acronyms. Like you've got to spell it out. And and that kind of discipline is super useful. And so just as an aside, when when I when I think about documents and how complicated that issue is inside organizations, what I mean by that is documents specifically for collaboration about new ideas Mm -hmm. and and i think what amazon is is doing with the six pagers it's forcing folks who need to defend a position that we should do x or whatever it is with a level of detail that's going to be useful across an entire team and a level of discipline that it can be defended well so you know that you have to you have to create a thesis that is defensible in this organization i think that's that's the primary use of the six pager i've been in meetings at amazon headquarters where the six pager was essentially ignored you know so i i I think as in terms of like the overall usefulness of it you know whatever but the person who wrote it you know they sure as hell know what they're talking about by the time they're done writing that six pager
0: Uh, Yeah, I wonder about that, too, because when you try to do that same sort of academic process for producing a document, it does slow down your thinking and force you to articulate details that are that may be self-evident to you that aren't to others. And it puts you in the position of the reader and and having that position. I think that is super helpful in document writing. But document writing as a at scale where. It's like, here's a document, put your comments in it, where you're not invited to add your section, or at least it doesn't feel like that. It sometimes can feel like, just sign off on this, just agree that you're going to do this, or ask some questions and make some comments. And I find that when the frequency of those documents starts to go over a certain point, I tune out. I'm like, I'm not reading this shit again, you know? Well, exactly. Um, or not well, going what's, through what's, the, the, what's the purpose the, of it, you know? Well, that's the thing too, right? It's like, well, I, what happens after you create the document, right? Like that's important. If your, if the spirit of your writing is carried through the document and a through multiple edits and revisions and feedback loops with others, if you feel as though the spirit of it is still there and it still has meaning for you, then maybe it's a healthy thing. Um, but if it gets watered down to where you're missing the messaging or someone who is going to be a consumer or reader of it becomes the primary objective of the editing process, then I don't know, you know? Well, well, so Again, like like back back to the
1: collaboration part and, and, and the Amazon piece, I don't people connect or I've heard people connect frequently the six pager to the you know 15 minutes prior to a meeting where everyone reads the six pager. I don't yeah. think those things are connected. I think two different problems were being solved and they happen to overlap. The first problem is is that people were coming to meetings unprepared second problem is is that people weren't reading when people did prepare <laughs> yeah. right and so you you have these two different solutions that overlap and I think you know to bring it back to your to your point with you know collaboration inside documents it's a really dangerous and I, actually this is really apropos because it's it's a it's an emerging thing Google Docs has allowed us to do this you couldn't do this five years ago six years ago.
0: Yeah, and Atlassian and others that use that symphony style of inputs, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Early in my career, this wasn't a thing. You didn't pass around doc. If you were an attorney, maybe you'd mark something up, but you yeah, didn't pass yeah. around documents as a collaborative tool. A collaborative tool across distributed teams. So. Oh
0: yeah, and I don't think even Word implemented the inline comment thing until Google Docs had done it as right. a, as a competitive angle. Yeah.
1: Right, you had a meeting and someone took notes or there was a scribe or you all took notes and then eventually it was
0: congealed into a document that everybody agreed on. So, just to interject, maybe it's not the document writing process or the editing process, maybe it's the timing in which it goes to the larger audience, right? Like you're familiar with the, you know, the the town square model will kill any idea that right. is that is creative. <laughs> Very frankly, it just, it murders right. every baby before it's born. Uh, yeah. We'll have to edit that out. But, <laughs> um, but you, I, there are, there's a real, there's a value to, there's a value to allowing your ideas uh, to, to curate the opinions that you expose your ideas to in the earliest phases because they will get killed. I love that. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but he talks about the, the three phases that truth goes through. <laughs> mm. uh, it's ridicule, violent opposition, and then accepted as self-evident. But if yeah. your idea is in the first two phases and it's fragile, it's super then fragile. it will be murdered in the public square. Yeah. So, Sometimes. And I've learned this in writing some of these documents for organizations is I've learned that this is a hard lesson for me to learn to have several initiatives, just face plant out of the gate and then have the company back, come back around to me. This is my life as a consultant, right? I come in, I have a brilliant idea. I just plaster the place with the idea. I don't care. I'm just like, we're doing this. And then like, and then it inevitably gets shot in the face. And Six months later, someone in the in the boardroom of my stakeholders goes, you know what? I I was reading something the other day and I was thinking we should do this. And I'm like, oh, shit, six months ago and you killed it. But what what I the mistake I made in there was not not curating the feedback to the people who were on the same page in a position of power that had identified the same problem. The solution is always going to look different, right? But identifying the common problem and then knowing the people in the room who have identified that also, or being very careful about who you air that document to. Uh, I think, you, I know you've had this issue. I've seen you go through this. We And, and your reaction is less hasty as, as mine, but where we're like, oh, it's obvious that it's this. <laughs> Here's the thing you're not seeing. And yeah, crickets. Right. <laughs> I had a, I had a mentor
1: early on, who and I had a big presentation or something going on, and I I just we were having coffee, and he said something I'll never forget. He said he, had, whenever you have a presentation, if people aren't on board with the problem, they'll never ever be on board with the solution.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: And so he said, you know, spend spend ninety percent of the time ensuring that everyone has a really clear idea of the problem and the sense of urgency necessary to solve it. And then the solution doesn't
0: really matter because the solution will happen. Yeah. That's like the Einstein 95% of solving the problem is understanding it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If you can guarantee a common understanding of the same problem, then the solution has become self-evident, I think, in some. Right. Regards. Right. Right. But to take it back to the to the document, I think documents are a really poor way to do that.
1: They're mm. a poor way to collaborate across that. Now. This goes back. So, to, what's you know, better?
0: To, what's better than the documents? Because, do you feel as I do that you're given maybe a you know half a handful of i of of vectors to communicate ideas to larger groups of people? So, if the document isn't doing it, PowerPoint kind of does it at the highest level, the ten thousand foot view. What what else could you do? Let
1: me let me back up and answer it in kind of an orthogonal way, which is. I think when you have a culture that struggles with an identity with an identity that's neither fully centralized command and control nor fully um like autonomy right so so individual responsibility and autonomy when you have a culture that hasn't figured out which one of those it's going to be I think the documents fill the gap very poorly. And so I, I realize that that's a sideways answer. So I, I think the, the, if I were to make it a little bit. Of well, a the problem isn't
0: documents,
1: obviously. Exactly. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't think documents themselves are the problem. I, I think what you're trying to accomplish with them are the, are the problem and what you're trying to accomplish with them and why you're using documents to collaborate is ultimately going to
0: be, you know, evidence of, of a particular cultural thing would you go as far as to say that if the trust was higher in environments it wouldn't matter what document or what vehicle you were using to convey your ideas you'd have a greater level of success with it
1: i it, trust is certainly a big piece of it but it's also are you projecting right and so mm-hmm. you're if you're a team lead and you write a document and the the implicit understanding is that everyone is just going to do what you say, then, and I'm sure you've noticed this, uh, then the collaboration in that document is forced to be either two things. One, nitpicky, where you're saying, oh, you need to add a, a period or you didn't do camelback on this variable. Or two, broadly agree or disagree. You have to do one or the other. You can't come into that document and say, I have a fundamental disagreement with you about how we approach this particular thing, because it's not the place for that. When you're being yeah, told they, what to do by wire from centralized right. command and control,
0: <laughs> and you probably are going to be triggered by the guy sending it, not the actual messaging. Eventually, so, you will. After in eighteen my months. Case, I'm fuck does this guy want it's garbage it's total garbage actually yeah you you flip tables this is the document you sent me six months ago oh oh sorry (laughs) brilliant (laughs) i take it back it's brilliant (laughs) i think well that i think that look that muddies the waters with everything right that's exactly it's people over personalities right and and um or maybe Maybe I'm saying that wrong, but like the the cultural components actually are such a defining influence. I'm thinking as you were talking about how to get people to follow documents and be structured and get their ideas out there and communicate them effectively to galvanize a workforce in that in service of that effort. And I'm always thinking about like when I worked at like, uh, you know, large financial organizations. It was just all that, all day. You had to have process and this and that and whatever. And and there's, you know, 40,000 people working in just this, that state for that organization. Yeah. And it's just oppressive, right? And then you work for a startup where it's like, I think of like me and Tom O'Reilly and Vinayak at Everscreen Media. We get into work and we'd be like, we have a problem. And they'd be like, what's the problem? I'd be like, this doesn't work with this. And now that's broken and it's an impact to revenue or blah, blah, blah. We'd be like, oh. Let's get in a room and fix it. And we were probably eight out of 10 times wrong with the fix, but that problem identification solution validation wheel was just all we did. And when someone would come in and say, our services need to be more stable, we'd be like, fuck you. (laughs) No, they don't. They need to have more pro. We'll, we'll deal with that problem when it is a problem. Right now, what we need to do is provide something in the market that doesn't exist. And we need to do it yesterday because there's other people out there eating our lunch. That's right. a very different mindset than working in an enterprise. and it's probably another podcast or a series of podcasts around the differences between enterprise SMB and, and, and the, the small early stage startup. Groups, but I feel culturally, from my personality, the early stage stuff was the best and only caught up s- similarly to doing consultative work across several large customers with a small group of consultants that I had a good communication, uh, you know, and a good rapport with, which is Proof Partners now, but had been right. other places in the past. Sure. So it's safe to say that I'm a negotiator and a collaborator, and I don't really care about the vehicle. I don't care about documents or videos, whatever. What I care about is that that people recognize my ideas as being the best. I'm just kidding. <laughs> now we hear the truth it's sort of true I it's sort it of true. Really true i think
1: there's i think there's a bit of narcissism in every single document that's shared with more than one person oh and just don't take yourself so seriously <laughs> right? right like you're so
0: wonderful i love I playing to people <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna say
1: I, I say all this as i'm about to share with you a two-pager that i wrote last night just to try to get some <laughs> ideas down <laughs> Oh, sorry, I'm so, not available. <laughs> <laughs> only write in the margins please um yeah. <laughs> it, but yeah you know there's a, there's a there's a place for it there's certainly a place for it i don't i i think the um i was gonna i was gonna say something about all of that because i think it's for me it, it just keeps going back to centralized command and control and you know what are what are you actually going after with with Your are you actually trying to collaborate oh here's what I was going to say and this is again it's it's a bit adjacent to the whole thing when you you're you're talking about ever screen media and what you were doing there there's there's a a point in the evolution of a company where it flips from being a, a kind of a protagonist or an antagonist or whatever in in the business that they're in to being protectionistic And it's really fascinating. In my my experience, if I were to, you know, way oversimplify things, the use of documents as command and control mechanism is only acceptable in the latter, where organizations Mm -hmm. are in a protectionistic state of we've got to keep the cash cow we already have. And, you know, so it's a lot of CYA. It's a lot of I told you so's. It's a lot of projecting ideas within a large organization and my experience is the same as yours in early stage startups or startups that are still hungry even if they're successful there's just no room for that kind of nonsense and I think that's really telling right like if, if, if it can't survive in a startup that has to survive then how useful is it really